Hello, and welcome to By Popular Demand, the demand generation podcast brought to you by the Revenue Marketing Alliance and hosted by me, Jason Brisbane, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Pitchley. Every two weeks, I'll pull insights from some of the world's most talented marketing leaders to uncover the secret sauce of successful demand generation. In this episode, I'm joined by Steve Armenti, Group Marketing Leader at Google. Steve has held a number of marketing roles over the course of his career, finding a natural fit in the world of demand generation. As the first guest on our show, I had Steve walk me through buyer personas and the role they play in demand generation. I really enjoyed this episode and the conversation with Steve and getting the opportunity to get his perspective on how to leverage buyer personas to maximize revenue. All right, with that out of the way, let's dive in. Thank you, Steve, for joining us today. So why don't we kick things off? You just talking to us a little bit. Tell us about your background and your experience in revenue marketing and demand generation. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Jason, for having me. I'm excited to to chat with you and uh, share a bit more. So I actually started my career in sales. Uh, I was an SDR in Boston, and uh, this was my first job at a college. I was making 100 phone calls a day. And my my target audience was CFOs, and and that was a tough, a tough group to one get in touch with, and two connect with. You know, I was uh, twenty two years old, maybe, um, but I I had some success. I was able to, uh, to to do well at that company, and then they they let me be the head SDR for the West Coast business, and so I, I was able to move out to California with that job. Um, I stayed there for for another year, but ultimately marketing was my passion, and I kind of stumbled my way into marketing by you know playing around with uh, emails for for my sales role as an SDR. I just found that hey, I could segment my my territory, and I could send these emails to individuals, and I could offer them something in return, and I'd get a way better response rate on that than just you know, pounding the phones for eight hours a day. And so I just got more and more into this idea of email and then, oh, hey, this is marketing. There's more you can do here, you know? And so that kind of opened me up to marketing. And then, uh, yeah, fast forward 15 years, uh, I've, I've done some startup stuff, uh, mostly worked with B2B tech companies. I got started in B2B consulting companies like HP and IBM and Samsung and these really big Fortune 100 companies. I just kind of loved it. I loved understanding how they operate and how do you manage these these big behemoth organizations and then uh, landed at Google. So I've been at Google for about six and a half years now and uh, luckily been building and leading growth teams and uh, demand marketing. And it's been a it's been a fun ride so far. Wow. Wow. No, great experience. And thank you for sharing that. Um, you and I talked a bit offline and I think it's through that experience where um, we're going to have you on for um, some additional episodes to kind of share your experience on various topics with um, demand generation. Um, so with that, I want to ask you, in thinking about the person um, in our audience that maybe hasn't experienced demand generation just yet, would you talk to us a little bit about your day-to-day um, responsibilities and things that you oversee within the demand generation world? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, uh, I'd say my my primary responsibility 
is to deliver the right message to the right person at the right account at the right time. And that's, that's to me, demand marketing in a nutshell. And so within that, there's a lot of folks you work with. You'll work with product marketing. You'll work with sales. You might work with an operations team. Sometimes there's a strategy team involved, depending on how big or small the company is. But within the marketing world itself for demand, uh, this is why I like it. You're exposed to a lot of stuff. So we're talking acquisition through paid media, integrated campaigns, different advertising formats. You've got field marketing, which is events and webinars and high touch, you know, one-to-one type activities between marketing and prospects. You've got email marketing, email automation, all of the software and technology that comes with that. You've got marketing operations and, and MarTech and everything, as well as data analytics. And so I love the breadth of demand marketing, and I I tend to personally like the operational side of it. So, you know, my day-to-day, I oversee um, a lot of those functions we just mentioned. So web acquisition, field marketing, email operations, uh, data infrastructure, et cetera. And so uh, I'm often switching gears a lot. I might be working uh, with the team on an ABM campaign that we're getting ready to run and then might need to coordinate that with sales. And maybe we've got the operations folks involved because there's going to be some sequencing happening to different personas. And then, you know, we've got product marketing involved and they're talking about creative and messaging and positioning. And so, you know, sometimes what you're trying to do is actually just wrangle all of the stakeholders that you're working with into into a decision and into a plan that you can execute and that you can ultimately measure and report on. And so um, there, there's a lot. Yeah, you get you get the exposure to a lot of things. And then I also think it's a it's a great role because you do touch revenue. You've got the opportunity to speak with leadership and, you know, anybody who's looking to progress through their career and grow within a company, that's that's where I think those moments are made. You know, when you're reporting on the success of something you did, to your stakeholders that are that are senior across the business, and hopefully you've got a good message. You know you've got a good ROI story, and and if so, then uh, you know that usually goes well for you. Hey, podcast people, looking for new ideas and resources to crush your revenue marketing goals? Our Pro Plus membership is your secret weapon. With Pro Plus, you'll be armed with a growing toolkit of accredited courses, real-world case studies, and battle-tested templates to annihilate the competition. With this plan, you get access to our Revenue Marketing Certified Core course, which will equip you with insider frameworks and secrets to dominate leads, campaigns, and feedback loops. We're also dropping exclusive master's courses so you can learn from the greats. You'll be taking names in positioning, segmentation, and more. Plus, score a free yearly ticket to our exclusive Revenue Marketing Summit at a location near you. Rub shoulders with the titans of the industry. Whether your goals are short, medium or long term, Pro Plus gives you the ammo to conquer them all. Lock and load Pro Plus at RevenueMarketingAlliance.com and start dominating like never before. Yes, yes. And if you have that opportunity to, to be in that position, as you mentioned, um, driving revenue is, is definitely um, key for us, you know, just growing your career in this area. Um, so I want to kind of click a bit deeper on one of the things you mentioned. Well, a couple of things you mentioned. You mentioned operations. 
But then even going back to where you started your career, you have a lot of experience talking to decision makers. Um, so that brings me to buyer persona. So leveraging your knowledge of operations, buyer personas, talk to us a little bit about how can business businesses go about creating accurate and effective buyer personas and, you know, what type of research and data collection should be considered in that process? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, you know, I'd start by saying it's a bit of art and science. And that's where, you know, the operations side and the data side is definitely the science. But the art side of it, I think, is understanding truly who is your ideal customer? Who is the person that has a problem, has a pain point that you can solve? Who is that person that's going to get value out of what you're offering? And I think that even, even as a business, philosophically, are you providing value to your customers, right? And so if you start with that, then, then I think you have a good direction of how do we actually build out a tangible buyer persona. And that can be a number of things. But if you start with a few big buckets of information, you've got demographics. So, you know, what is their job title? What industry are they in? What size company do they work for? Um, you've got firmographics and psychographics. So where are they located? Um, what What is the goal of their company? Um, what technology might they have installed? Uh, what are their pain points and their needs and their aspirations? I've seen some tools now that are actually helping marketers target down to their personality types, which is pretty interesting. And so, you know, all that stuff though, is it's ultimately how do you deliver something of value to another human being, right? I know we're, if we're talking B2B, yes, we're selling solutions to other businesses, but there's people on both sides of it. And so I think understanding who exactly that person is and how you're tailoring your marketing to them is really key. And then, you know, we could get into um, kind of the management of that, but ultimately that's where I'd start, right? Is, is ask yourself, who is this person? Um, and you might want to get some feedback from others too, right? I definitely don't recommend doing this in a silo. You know, you should go and talk to some current customers, talk to your sales team, um, if you have a, a research arm within the company that are doing surveys and, and focus groups and things like that, you know, gather as much of that material as you can to try to understand who this person is that you're ultimately trying to market to. Thank you, Steve. Great perspective. And just kind of moving along and staying on this, when we get the buyer persona built, um, what are some key KPIs and metrics that you would recommend or things that you've seen in the past as, as far as measuring success, as far as just nailing down that, that buyer persona? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the data you want to look at to be able to build the persona is one thing. And then there's some data that we could talk about, which is how do you know that you've reached that right persona? But, you know, the, the initial data, I, I always think there's, there's a process you can go through here, right? And from, from sort of easy to hard. So the first would be, what, what do you already have today that you know? What can you learn through any sort of research that you have today? Maybe your marketing team has done some focus groups or maybe they've, they've run some tests. Maybe they've done some surveys. Maybe you do an NPS type of survey, right? Um, that type of stuff. Learn as much as you can through that. And then 
figure out what gaps do we have? Okay, what what are we missing about this this buyer? And then that's where you can try to fill those gaps with data. And so that could be your own data. So whatever first party data you have from your website, from your CRM database, you know, automation tools, what can you learn from that based on the behavior of prospects and customers that you're already talking to? And then the last piece would be if there's still a gap what can you supplement with third-party data? And that's an exciting area within B2B right now is the amount of intent data that's out there and third-party data on your customer is really interesting. It's almost overwhelming how much there is. But if you go through this process of understanding what information you already have and what do you need to fill the gap, I think you can be more strategic in which intent partners you work with and then how you plug that into your operation so that you're ultimately filling some sort of gap. Let's say you're missing, um, you know, tech installed data for your target account list. And you have a, you have a point solution that competes really well against this competitor, right? Yeah. That, that data signal is going to be really important for you. So I would say go and evaluate vendors that can provide that the most accurate version of that, that signal. And that's going to help you. So that's kind of one part, right? The, how do you build out the persona with data? And then if you want, we could talk a bit about how do you measure how do you measure if you've actually reached the right persona, right? That's, yes, yes. Can you share some perspective on that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in demand, there are some some metrics that, you know, traditional growth and demand marketing is going to track. And, it, and it's all along the funnel, right? So it's it's leads, it's MQLs, it's, it's sales qualified leads, opportunities, and then the progression of those opportunities. What is, what's churning? What's, what's one uh, what are actually turning into customers? What's the average deal size? So there's a, there's a number of metrics along that funnel that we could get into. But I think specifically around personas, what, what folks can do is start to map these data points to persona groups uh, or, or segments, I, I typically call them, right? So a persona, let's say you're in B2B and you're selling SaaS to IT decision makers, right? The IT decision maker is really your persona, but a segment might be IT decision makers that work at mid-size accounts with 500 to 3,000 employees with more than $10 million in annual revenue and in the fintech industry, right? So, so now we're taking that persona and we're getting a little more specific and we're, we're grouping it into a segment. And then what I like to do is uh, look at those metrics I mentioned. So leads, MQLs, et cetera, you follow the pipeline against that segment. So you can look at your total marketing operation. Let's just say we're a company and we we generate 10,000 leads a year. Now let's break that down and say, how many of those inbound leads are from segment A, like the FinTech example? How many are from segment B? Maybe they're in a healthcare sector. How many are in segment C, et cetera? And you can start to understand is the marketing that we're putting out into the universe acquiring the right people into the database, right? And that's that's kind of step one. And then from there, hopefully you're you're personalizing and sequencing a lot of that follow-up to those leads. And then you can start to track, okay, which persona is converting better, which one is progressing through the sales funnel better. Um, and so ultimately, like what I'm talking about here is is a a labeling side of your of your data, right? You want to be able to label your data based on that persona or segment. So then later on you can easily manipulate that data and report on it in different ways. Thank you. That is a very clear plan and process on how to measure and track 
Um, so in regards to data, want to get your perspective on it's a hot topic right now, AI and how can leveraging AI and data analytics, how does that, or what are your thoughts on how that can impact the way businesses understand and engage with their personas? Yeah, I am. I'm glad you asked, uh, you know, me included, I'm excited. I think every marketer is excited. Uh, there's so much opportunity here. And I, and also it's, it's interesting to, to think about the fact that we're just at the beginning, you know, the, what we're seeing right now is just the beginning and it's, and it's hopefully only going to get better. And so I'm excited about a few things though. I think the, the obvious one is, uh, kind of more of the creative content side, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies, like Jasper, AnyWord, um, these these content creation companies, right? And I think they've figured out a really good way to use generative AI to create content. And I think that definitely has a purpose in the marketing in the marketing side of things. But I'm I'm excited more about the the, the testing of that content. So the ability to test creative is is really fascinating to me because. You know, t- today, typically running a, a statistically significant test can be pretty manual unless you're you're really savvy in this space. And maybe you have a, a data scientist on board that can help you. But I envision where we can feed multiple variations of creative or content or messaging into an LLM. Give that LLM the the requirement, the the statistical requirement that would indicate if you know this this test will will pass, you know, yes or no kind of thing. And so you can use these tools to actually predict the uh, efficacy of a test without even having to do it based on all of that available data that that you might have, right? And so um, that right there to me is is really profound because then you can fine tune exactly what message you're putting out into the market. And as we're talking about personas, right? What do we want to know is we want to know what is that right message for that right person. And so we've talked about how we figure out who the right person is, but we still don't know what the right message is. And and that's hard to figure out, right? Nobody knows what anybody's thinking at any given point. So it's hard, but you know, I think testing will, will help with that. Uh, and then the other area is actually around actual creation of personas and, and target account lists. So um, anybody in, in demand gen right now, and especially running ABM knows that target account lists are, are super important. Having these personas are really important, but the process in which those get created can be very manual. There's some tools out there that'll help you uh, actually manage account lists. You know, demand base does this and you can, you can feed your account list into it. But one thing I found is how do you actually get to the list, right? What is the criteria for, for getting to the list? And I think what most folks will do is talk to sales. Hey, sales, what, who's, who's on your list, right? Who are you targeting? Okay, cool. Give me that list. And then maybe we'll append some intent data and marketing will do a little bit of their research. They might have a vendor that can do lookalike audiences. Now we make the list a little bit bigger and it's still in a spreadsheet. And then we send it to this vendor and that vendor, and then we're doing demand gen on it, et cetera. And now imagine uh, an LLM sitting across all of that data. So your database, your CRM, all of your intent data, and you can actually now go in and prompt and say, we're developing a campaign. We're talking to this audience group. Here's all the company demographics, firmographics, et cetera. We want to talk to folks that have a likelihood of, you know, purchasing XYZ solution. 
you could just feed all of that criteria in. And then essentially what comes out is your list, right? And it's like, yes, here you go. You might need to spot check it. But uh, I, I think stuff like that, the the kind of data architecture side and the improvement that, that Gen AI can have there is is really profound. And, uh, you know, I think we'll make some lives easier too, right? It'll it'll reduce a lot of the complexity and and kind of grunt work that, that typically an analyst or a, a savvy marketer might do. Yes, um, definitely. And exciting things th- to come in that space to really just kind of help out um, as far as the things that we do day to day. So one question I want to ask, and um, this is just in light of kind of what I would say is like business and economics, things are just happening so fast these days. Um, I call it today's dynamic business environment. Um, so with that in mind, what are some things or strategies businesses can do to ensure that their buyer personas are relevant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting one because it, it's always changing, right? And I think even now, I just saw some research from Forrester about the shift from buyers to buying groups. You know, now we're talking about groups of buyers and, and you know, every marketer is like, oh man, I, you know, I, I, I just figured out the persona thing and now I've got to figure, you know, re-architect everything for, for buying groups. But I, I do think there's something in there, right? And if you have the right structure in place where you've, you've uh, I kind of look at it as a hierarchy. So you've got the, the target accounts that you in sales agree are going to be the focus of, of your demand gen efforts in a given year. And then you've got your, your segments, which is the, the groups of personas, right? And then, you, and then you have your personas. If you're following a hierarchy like that and you're uh, able to, to see and evaluate and ingest and, and be proactive with all of the data that that's creating, I think that's your signal. So you, you really should be kind of pulse checking on a at least quarterly basis. How are we performing in our demand programs against those three levels, right? So from an account perspective, are we reaching the right accounts? Are we generating opportunities and pipeline in those accounts? And then, you know, are we, are we effective in reaching those segments? Is the message that we're giving to those segments actually landing? And, and if not, right, we need to course correct, you know, maybe, maybe you think, and the company thinks we've got a great offering for healthcare and you go and you start, you know, promoting that technology to, to healthcare decision makers and yet there's nothing, there's crickets. I mean, what are you going to do, right? You, you've, you've got you to course correct and, and maybe think differently. And so that's where that data could be interesting. You could then go say, okay, well, you know, what accounts are we having success in and who's the decision maker in those accounts? Maybe we need to adjust our personas a bit. And so I think it's, it's, a, it's sort of a combination. It's do you have the right structure in place to be able to report effectively on if you are reaching the the personas? Uh, and then are you know are you taking advantage of that data? Are you are you able to report on it regularly? Are you able to uh, glean insights from it and actually drive optimizations and change? Thank you, thank you so much for that perspective and totally that that first piece as you said the, the reporting environment has to be correct to be able to take those steps and be proactive mm-hmm. um final question um because i do want to be mindful of your of your time so as consumers behaviors evolve um and what we've talked about earlier technology evolving 
What are your thoughts on emerging trends um, in the field of buyer persona development? Yeah, so I I think an easy answer would be AI, but I'm gonna I'm gonna push to to think differently, and I do feel that one trend is precision, and so what I mean by that, particularly with personas, is you know I think traditionally demand marketers have spent a lot of money acquiring a lot of leads to kind of fill the top of funnel, build up their database and ultimately realize that, you know, in a good, a good network, uh, you know, maybe 30, 40% of those have an opportunity of, of, of converting into an actual sales qualified lead. And so when I look at data like that, I can't help but think, you know, that's, that's 60% of budget that maybe is wasted, you know, and you could argue maybe some of, some of those, those leads aren't actually in market right now. So, you know, they, they, they might be in market later. And so it's really an investment, but I do think i um, starting to see other demand folks track the quality of leads in their database and leads are essentially their persona, right? It's the actual real person. So I think what'll, what'll happen is uh, specifically in this, this environment where, there's, there's less budget, the, the targets are still there, everybody's trying to be efficient. I think folks will be willing to pay more money for their exact persona, their exact um, you know, ideal customer profile, and, and really not think twice about it because they realize that the, 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 the total cost of acquisition when you are acquiring all this waste that maybe just sits in your database and does nothing, you really don't want that. You, you want to remove that. And so I think there's this shift towards you know, uh, solutions and technologies that'll allow you to drill down really um, precisely and, and understand who exactly that ICP is, being willing to pay more for that. And then the the kind of sub-trend there, I think, is is all around data. So I'm seeing in demand right now, a lot of the, the providers and vendors in that space are focused on data. They're talking about how good their data is, where their data comes from, what you can do with their data. And so I think marketers need to pay attention to that and be prepared to evaluate, right? And, and don't don't just buy it for surface level, actually have a use case. Uh, let, let's say you're, you, um, you have a big lead generation program, but you find that you don't have accurate direct dials for a lot of those, those leads, right? You're getting headquarter phone numbers. Go and evaluate vendors that can give you direct dial information. That's a perfect use case. Uh, you know, maybe you're missing company size information or emails, you know, whatever it is that you're missing, go and evaluate those data vendors to be able to give you exactly what you need. And so I think those two things together, having, you know, really high quality data and a hundred percent complete or close to a hundred percent lead profiles on top of, you know, marketers being willing to pay more for, for accuracy and quality will, will change. I think uh, this sort of, you know, quantity approach of the past is starting to go away and it's all about quality now. Yes, totally agree. Definitely all about quality. And if we have the tools to get quality and the resources, why not? Right. And, and make our jobs easier. Um, thank you. Thank you, Steve, for taking your time today. Um, I've really enjoyed chatting with you. One final question for anyone in our audience that would like to connect with you. How, how can they reach you? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, thanks. I've had an awesome time uh, here chatting with you. And if folks want to connect, I would say LinkedIn. I've been trying to be more active on LinkedIn. Uh, I love networking and, and hearing from other people. So yeah, let's shoot a connect on LinkedIn. would love to chat. Okay. Thank you so much, Steve. Again, looking forward to having you on in future episodes to share your experience in demand generation. Yeah, I can't wait. Thanks, Jason. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Buy Popular Demand. Don't stop now. There's more to explore. Dive into our other captivating episodes where we uncover revenue boosting strategies, insider secrets and inspiring success stories. Get ready to unleash your demand generation potential and stay ahead of the game. Keep listening, like and subscribe if you can and enjoy the next episode.